This is Bariatric Life Podcast with Amanda and Chris. We are not doctors, nor have we ever played one on TV. Please follow your doctor's advice. We are expressing our own opinions. You can always reach us on Instagram at Bariatric Life Podcast or on Amanda's Instagram at Amanda's VSG. Thanks for listening. Check out the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Bariatric Life Podcast. This is Amanda. And this is Chris. And today we're talking to Brittany. Hi, Brittany. Hi. If you could first give us your Instagram handle. It's um, Journal underscore VHG. And I assume by your handle that you had VSG? I did in July of 2020. And are you comfortable sharing your highest weight? Um, at my very highest weight, I was 265, but I think when I started the process, I was like 262. Uh-huh. And then where are you now? I am about, I kind of teeter between like 175 to 180. Um, I have been pretty vocal on my page about how I actually had some regain in like the last nine months or so. Uh-huh. Um, so my lowest weight was 167. My goal was 165. Um, and then starting like December of 21, like I started slowly, like by a pound or so slowly started like creeping back. So now I'm kind of working on getting rid of that regain. And how's that going for you? Um, so I started doing the, um, I did a 75 day easy version challenge of the 75 day hard. And then I just started a new job, which kind of distracted me and I fell off. So I got down to about, I think I got down to like 173 and I had started about like 178. Mm. And so I'm actually restarting today for the new challenge. That um, Same challenge, but restarting it. So that's starting today. What does, what does that challenge entail? Um, it's basically a <laughs> simpler version of the 75 day hard. So instead of being super intense, it kind of gives you a little more um, window for, I don't want to say breaks, but instead of having to work like work out every single day, twice a day, and one of it having to be outside, it wants you to just work out for 30 minutes, uh, four times a week. Is it, there? I'm oh, sorry. Oh, um, it, it has that for the workouts. It just wants you to eat, you know, healthy, like 90% of the time. So if you want to have a treat, you're more than welcome to wear the 75 day hard. Like they don't want you to do any kind of cheating, no alcohol, nothing. So it's just kind mm-hmm. of like a more relaxed version on it, which is more suitable for me mentally. Right. I totally get that. So why did you choose weight loss surgery? 
So I, my issue was insulin resistance. Um, I didn't really have any issues with like overeating or binge eating, but I just started gaining weight like out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, of course it started the year that I was getting married. So I was trying to lose the weight and stay at the weight that I was. Um, before I started gaining weight, I was like 165. And within seven months, I had gained 60 pounds and no one could tell me why. And then it just, um, I'm from New York. So we got married in New York and then we moved down here to North Carolina where we're at now. And I just kept gaining and gaining. And then finally, my mom actually had um, weight loss surgery in 2015. <coughs> and so she kept telling me, just go see someone, just get, you know, just talk to somebody. You don't have to follow through with anything, but you can just talk to them. Mm-hmm. And then my surgeon was the one who basically told me with insulin resistance, you could starve yourself, but you're just not going to lose weight. Um, so you can either start this process now or you can just keep gaining and then I'll end up seeing you down the road where you know your health will get worse and I didn't want my health to get worse so yeah why did you choose the VHG over other options um so we went through all of it when I did my consult we actually discussed everything we talked about just you know doing medication we talked about the sleeve we talked about bypass And because my mom also had the sleeve and we were very similar with restrictions of how we could work out, we have, you know, different reasons, but I can't really work out like regular people because I have a spinal cord injury, Um, the insulin resistance and, you know, just some other factors. He said that he thought the sleeve would be my best option and it had worked out really well for her. And since we were similar, he said that would be best. So that's what I went with. Did you go through your insurance? I did. So my insurance pretty much covered it entirely besides like after once I hit my deductible, it covered it entirely. Uh-huh. Did they have any kind of um, did you have any hoops you had to jump through for? Yeah. I personally think I was very fortunate because I see other people's stories where they had to like go through the process for like two, three years going through everything. And I feel like that it might have been me, but um, my bariatric office actually has like a non-surgical program where you can see the nutritionist, you know, outside of surgery. And I had done that for a couple of years before I even considered doing the consult. So my insurance accepted all those appointments. So all I really had to do was the psyche valve mm-hmm. and the um, like pre-surgery stage nutritionist appointment and I was cleared within like two months after those two appointments and then doing the um just to make sure like I didn't have any ulcers in my stomach and stuff like that yeah Mm -hmm. so what was what was it like after you had your surgery did you have any complications or anything I had a lot of nausea my nausea lasted a little longer than they usually see it lasted For about six weeks. Um, And also I was having a lot of issues with the one incision where they like physically removed the stomach. Uh So when I was only supposed to be out for like two weeks, I actually had to be out for four because the muscles where they had the stitches kept spasming and I couldn't even like stand up straight. 
Oh. Oh. Yeah. It was very uncomfortable. But once I hit that three-week mark, like, I felt so much better. And then the last week I just took to, you know, kind of slowly gear myself, getting ready to go back to work. Like, I still wasn't eating solid foods yet. And at the time, I worked in an OBGYN office. So from kind of staying off my feet to going back on my feet was a big difference. Yeah, for sure. Excuse me. My goodness, a frog. (laughs) Did you have any health conditions prior that improved after your surgery? Um, So my insulin resistance went from, I think the range like goes from between 12 to 24.5 or something like that. And by the time I had surgery, I was up to almost 40. And I had gotten down to 18 within three months after surgery. Um, I was considered pre-diabetic. My A1C was perfect. Um, My blood pressure, I didn't have necessarily high blood pressure, but it did get much better. Um, And I think those were the only main things that I had at the time of surgery. No sleep apnea or anything? Nope. I got tested for it, but I never had sleep apnea. Um, my acid reflux, I still have, but it's much better than what it was. Yeah. Um, and those were the only like weight related issues that I had. So you'd mentioned that your mom had had surgery. What kind of support system besides her did you have? I had my husband, which is great because we don't live back from home. So, you know, he was right here with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I was starting the process, I actually created my page and I met a bunch of people who were also like in the pre-op process. There's a lot of people um, that I follow. Like we all had surgery within like two, three months of each other. Like some got it in May or June. Some of them got like in August, September. Mm -hmm. So kind of having those people going the same time I did was really helpful. Yeah. And did you ever have buyer's remorse? Um, I think for the very beginning, I had a little bit just because I was in so much pain and I, the nausea really got me too. And I was like, oh God, this is going to be the rest of my life. But then it was like, I woke up one day and the nausea went away and I never really had it back. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Was it a kind of like a oh I'm dizzy nausea or it was constantly just feeling like blech I'm going to throw up like I just didn't feel well and especially I do have to say um I got a new job so I'm not with the office anymore but they were all amazing too and I think because I worked in the medical field they also had a really good understanding of like I know there's a big stigma of weight loss surgery is quote unquote easy way out, which we all know it's not. Um, But no one in my office was like, why are you doing that? They were just all supportive and helpful. And a girl in there, she actually used to work with my surgeon. She used to be an MA in in that office. And there was another MA who had um, bypass done 
like 10 years ago. And she was great when I had questions and stuff like that too. And when I first came back, like, it was like, as soon as I came up to stairs, I was like, I just need a minute to kind of stand still. So the nausea will go away and they would help me start, you know, setting up my patients and stuff like that. So once I got that five minutes, I was good to go. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Have you had any bouts of like dizziness from standing up too quickly or? Yes. Um, I still get that a lot. Well, I wouldn't say a lot, but I do get it kind of often. Um, and I kind of just have to stand still. And I brought it up with my primary and she said that that's actually related to like a drop of blood pressure mm-hmm. when you first stand. And a way to fix that is to make sure that you are extremely hydrated. Hmm. Okay. So, hmm. and my mom has that issue too. She actually, um, passed out in the Walmart parking lot oh, and, and fell on her face and she didn't understand it at the time. And it took like six or seven months after that fall. She was like, that's probably what it was because she yeah. actually got diagnosed with um, fibromyalgia. Oh. And I guess that's also like a thing with it. And she was just like, oh, well then. So basically I need to be more hydrated. <laughs> yeah. But I don't see how, like you, you drink 5 million gallons of water. A day. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I'm the worst with water. I'm, I've never liked it. I think it's disgusting. I've tried every trick in the book. The only way that I can handle drinking water, which everybody makes fun of me for, is like, I have to take a really big gulp of water and take a small sip of something with flavor in it. And that's the only way I will not gag. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a gagger per se, whenever it comes to water, but I don't drink it plain. I cannot. I think it's gross. Mm -mm. I've tried, you know, carbonated water. I tried flavored water. I've tried, you know, diluting it with like a little bit of juice. I've tried putting fruit in it. Every single way that you can think of, I've tried it and it's just gross to me. Yeah. I just can't, but that's the only way. Like I have to have it plain drink as much as I can, you know, in one little sitting and then take it just the tiniest sip of something else. And that's the only way that my stomach is like, okay, we're not going <laughs> to spit this back up. <laughs> What's been your favorite non-scale victory so far? I think my biggest non-scale victory, I was actually thinking about this the other day. And I, I think it, I don't want to say it's a weird non-scale victory, but I just love the fact that ever since I had surgery, I have not had any kind of Charlie horses. I don't wake up in the middle of the night with that horrible cramping in my leg that I used to get almost every single night. And I just realized like right after I had surgery and I started losing weight, like I have not had one. Huh. That's very interesting. Because now that you say that, I don't think I've had one since surgery. I don't think you have either. Yeah, I just, I never thought about it until like maybe two, three days ago. I'm like, wow, I have not had one of those. And that's really great because those suck. They really do. And then, you know, your leg is sore the following day because of how intense they are. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite non-food reward? A non-food reward? I usually will treat myself to 
whenever I see a really good sale of Bath and Body Works, I will stock up on like bubble baths and body scrubs and stuff like that because that's just like a good self-care thing for me. And I don't take baths like that often, but it's nice to know that I actually like fit in our apartment style tub, which, you know, I could fit in it before, but at least, you know, there's like spaces between me and the tub now versus where it was like really tight. Yeah. And you smell amazing, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I hope so. I love it. <laughs> you had said before that you have a hard time with exercise. Do you exercise at all? Um, not as I should, which is why I like that 75 day challenge, um, like the easy <clears throat> version, because you're not having to do it every single day. Mm-hmm. And like I was mentioning before, um, I have a spinal cord injury from a car accident that I had. So basically, I have a hole in my spinal cord. And from the impact of that accident, I actually have fluid inside my spinal cord. Oh, my God. So my right arm and my fingers, like they're numb constantly. My ring and pinky finger on the right side, like they're numb all the time. I've noticed um, in the last year or so, like, fortunately, I have to say, and knock on wood, um, since the accident, I have not had any growth in the fluid. And that was, I think, like, eight years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, um, it's a very rare thing. And I actually know uh, someone else who has it. And it's just a very slow building thing that, you know, I could be fine all these years, but then something else could happen and then more fluid could build up and it can eventually affect your walking. It can, it it can impact a lot. So I am fortunate enough that, you know, I'm not out here walking around with a walker. Like I've seen other people who have the same condition or stuff like that, but I can't lift anything over 10 pounds. Um, they don't really want me to do like I can't do um, push-ups just because of the way that you're doing it. Like it can mm-hmm. impact it. Like there's just so many things that you don't think about that could potentially push more fluid in there because you have a hole. And it's... Oh, yeah, even just like twisting weird. If somebody comes up behind you and you jerk suddenly, that would that could do. Yeah, it too. stuff like that that you just don't think about. Like. And, you you know, like you're thinking like, okay, like I'm picking this up, but I'm not really doing anything with my neck, which is where it is. But at the same time, you don't realize that stress with you, like can impact it. So my poor husband has to like pick everything up for me. That's more than like a certain weight. (laughs) Yeah, that's me and Chris, except I'm the one doing the heavy lifting. (laughs) (laughs) So are you able to be physically active at all then? I can like. When I was at my heaviest, I definitely had issues with, like, numbness in my leg. And I thought, you know, that was, um, you know, I get, like, MRIs done, like, every other year just to kind of make sure that everything is, you know, staying good. And I had got hit by a dumpster truck who went in reverse and was not paying attention And I was like, oh, my God, like now my leg keeps getting numb. Like, did it grow? And it they said that it didn't. But since it's such a small space, like they said, it possibly could have. But I think that was more just weight related, because as I started losing weight, like walking doesn't fatigue me like it used to. Like my foot and my leg don't get numb like they used to. 
um, where I, you know, walking for like five, 10 minutes used to bother my leg. Like now I can walk for like 45 minutes to an hour and I still feel good. Um, if I want to do quote unquote push-ups, like I could do more like wall push-ups cause it's not as much pressure as if you were like on the floor doing them. Um, and then I have like other little workout stuff that I have at home that I do. Like I have light weights. I have like five, eight pound weights that I can use. Um, I have a little like step twister thing that I use. I have like a Pilates bar that I can adjust to my comfort to do different, you know, exercises. I'm just lazy and I don't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What, what has been the most physically or emotionally challenging part of all of this? I think the most like emotionally part is sometimes my eyes are still bigger than my stomach and I think that I can eat more and there's always like that one bite that you're like, oh, if I have one more bite, it shouldn't be that bad. But then everything goes downhill. Yes. And there are certain foods that I love and it's kind of like a guessing game because sometimes they make me really sick and sometimes I'm fine. Like, like chicken. I like making chicken cutlets or having wings. And sometimes it's like, okay, fine. And sometimes I can eat two wings and I'm like, okay, this is the end of me. Like I'm in pain and I'm going to throw up and it's just sucks. Yeah. I was telling my daughter just yesterday that sometimes the pain is just one one bite too much. It's really one bite too much. Like you really have to stop when you're like, okay, I'm content. Instead yeah. of looking at that, you know, like looking at your plate and be like, okay, yeah, I have two bites left. I'll just finish it. But one of those two bites are really going to be the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so challenging trying to find where that line is sometimes you don't realize where it is until you've crossed it yeah yeah it's too late that was this was a mistake i immediately regret this decision (laughs) big mistake (laughs) there was one day where i was eating something for dinner and i was like if i swallow this bite I'm going to be so sorry. (laughs) So I just spit it out in my napkin. (laughs) Yeah. Like I have that, you know, here and there, like maybe like a couple times a month where like, I'll be in the middle of chewing a bite and I'm just like, this is not going to end well. And my body's just like, you're going to spit this out. Like, it's not even a choice. Like (laughs) my body's rejecting it before I can even swallow it. And I'm just like, okay, that's it. That's my cue. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not the only one that (laughs) No. <laughs> no. And it's funny because you don't really ever realize all these little things that happen after surgery. Like my mom, um, like I said, she had it done in 2015. So she's like a real veteran with it. And even in the beginning, like she always said, I know when I'm at that stage where I need to stop eating because my nose gets runny. Yeah. And I'm like, that's really weird. And then not all the time, but like, I'll start noticing like when I'm eating, like my nose gets running. I'm like, okay, well maybe I should stop because apparently that's a thing. And I see a lot of other people on my page who also get like runny noses or the hiccups or just other like random stuff that you just wouldn't think would be a cue for you, but it is. 
Mine is a single hiccup, but it usually happens when it's too late. Oh, no. Yeah. It'd be more helpful if it happened, like, before. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be more appreciative. <laughs> but I do find that I tend to get the hiccups more often now than I did before. You do. Way more often. Yeah. And it it's always when you cross that line. Yeah. And, it's... and then I'll have the hiccups for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And, if bed and you'll be like, oh, God. <laughs> I hiccup all the time. It's awful. Like even before surgery, I hiccup all the time. And I just don't know why. At my old job when I lived in New York, they actually named my hiccup because they're so obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> and it came at the same time every day in the shift. Like at the time I worked two to ten. And about six o'clock before I had to go eat, I would have the hiccups. When I came back after lunch, I would have the hiccups. And then about nine o'clock, I would get really annoyed because the doctors like would send their blood samples without spinning them down, which makes um, random results just be high because they haven't been spun down in a proper time. Mm -hmm. So we would get, get stuck late because we would have to send all these messages to the doctors all the time. And then the text would be getting stuck late because they had all these criticals and it was nine o'clock on the dot every single time that I would just start getting them. And then eventually it became Terry the pterodactyl. And, <laughs> uh, and now my husband, like I told him that story and he just will yell at Terry to be quiet because <laughs> he has stayed true to that word. And he comes like after two years, I still don't really have a hungry receptor. I don't get like that growling feeling. Um, I get like a, like an empty feeling when it's kind of like, okay, like I need to eat something. Uh -huh. Um, but by the time I usually feel that way, like if it's not the way that I usually try to eat, which is, you know, kind of like every couple hours, um, I'll be like, wow, I kind of feel empty. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, you haven't eaten in six hours, you dummy. So then I have to go eat something. And then right around before, like, I get that feeling, I start hiccuping. And then when I'm <laughs> done eating, I hiccup. And then my husband's just like, shut up, Terry. And I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> That's its own personality now. That's funny. Ooh, I'm gonna name yours. Oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was sincere. Do you have anything that you're looking forward to in the next year? In the next year, not necessarily. Um, my goal right now, I'm kind of trying to keep everything more like short term. Um, I'm actually having my 30th birthday in November. So I'm trying to keep it really focused on that 75 day challenge this time, because by the time it's over, it should be like right before my birthday. And I want to lose the weight that I had slowly creep, creep up in the almost last year. And I would finally like to actually get to my goal weight because technically I never got to it when yeah. I was at my lowest, like I was only two pounds away. And then my birthday is right around Thanksgiving. So you're having all the good Thanksgiving food and then it's your birthday. So you want to have a slice of cake and then before you know it, it's Christmas. And then you're just kind of like, dang. Yeah. Yeah. My birthday is right in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And that's like a, a big food month. Yeah. Big food 
two months. Yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. Especially right on the heels of Halloween. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say Halloween is kind of what kicks it because. Yep. That's Halloween. what starts it. And then you just kind of munch and nibble here and there. And, and then, you know, before you know it, it's New Year's. And then you're just like, okay. And then February hits and all those sale candy come out on February 15th. And you're <laughs> yep. just like, well, I'm just going to have it, you know, have it around the house for a treat when I randomly want it. And then it's Easter. And yeah. then it's Easter. And then there's more candy. <laughs> then it's 4th of July. And then, then right. burgers and, then and hot dogs. Some burgers and bratwurst, hot dogs. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then, then you uh, blink and it's Halloween again. So. <laughs> Well, then you got August, you got back to school and all that stuff. And then like, we December. can't, we can't forget pumpkin spice latte season. Oh, yes. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not into any of that. I'm, oh, my oh, God. I'm the worst. <laughs> I are. don't like it. I could smell coffee all day long. I love the smell of it, but I cannot drink it. Oh, man. It, it- is bitter to me, no matter how much creamer you put in it. If it wasn't for coffee, I'd be in prison. Yeah, same. See, I get my caffeine from soda, which is very unfortunate. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't like tea. I don't like coffee. And that's probably, you know, I had an appointment with not my surgeon, but she's like a nurse practitioner who works under him. Like she does surgeries with him. Uh-huh. And I had said, I'm like, you know, like I drink like one can of soda a day because that just how I function as a person she's like yeah you're gonna have to start cutting that back out I'm like I know but I'm a zombie without it like your coffee is my soda yeah and you don't tell people they can't have coffee (laughs) right well they do but that usually doesn't end well (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) do you have any tips for anybody that's just starting out on their journey I would say if you are in the pre-op stage, I would suggest to people, this is what my nutritionist had me do. And I thought it was very helpful to start preparing for the fact that like you just can't eat the portions that you used to be able to is to start eating like on a smaller plate. So if you usually eat on like a 10 inch dinner plate, start eating on an eight inch lunch plate. Because Mm -hmm. you're tricking your mind, essentially, that your plate looks full because it's a smaller plate, but then you're not eating as much as you could fill that bigger plate. Right. And that personally helped me a lot to kind of, you know, start working down, not eating as much in one portion. And a big thing that she taught me for before and after, which I'm very strongly opinionated on myself because I see a lot of people who just think like once you have surgery you can't have this or you can't have that anymore is everything in life is about moderation just because you have surgery your life with food does not end if you want some chips have some chips but instead of going and buying that big family size bag buy the little like snack size bags and then just grab one if you want cookies go get cookies, but only put two or three on a plate and then walk away from the packaging. So that way you're not like, okay, I want more. So that way you satisfy that craving that you want, but you're not going to binge eat them because I mean, 
who doesn't want a whole sleeve of Oreos? Everyone does. Oreos are amazing. But if you just have two or three and then you walk away from it and you eat what's on your plate, you see that it's done and you're like, okay, I satisfied that craving. And then you're not going to think about it again for a few months until you crave it again. And then you just do the same thing. Right. I like that tip. Because there are a lot of people that say you can't do this and you can't do that. And it's like, no, I still eat pizza. I just eat one slice instead of four. Yeah. And then, you know, instead of having pizza like a couple times every week, have it like two or three times a month. Everything's just about moderate. Like, it's not fair to think. And I think that's a problem with even like before people ever consider surgery, like when they try to do all these different diets and stuff like that is like you thinking to yourself, I can't have, you know, any kind of desserts. I can't have any kind of carbs. I, and it's just not realistic. Yeah. So then you fight so long not to have it. And then you decide I'm going to have a cheat meal or I'm going to have a cheat day. And then you just fall off the wagon. Because you eat all those foods and then you feel gross and then you feel guilty because you ate more than what you were thinking about eating. And that was one of the things I liked about my nutritionist was how she was just like, you can have whatever you want. It's just to change your portions of it. Do you have people that ask you, can you have such and such food? Um, not really. Um, I feel like I'm pretty fortunate with everyone around me. They have an idea of what, you know, kind of what surgery entails afterwards. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty open that I've had surgery. It's not a secret. I know some people don't like telling their friends and family. Um, I had shared it once on my um, personal Instagram. I'm like, if you want to follow me, go ahead. Um, so there's people from my school who follow me. My friends follow me. Um, so they see, you know, what I post and stuff like that. And a lot of patients that I used to have, like, I had to warn so many patients for that liquid diet stage, because mm-hmm. I knew I was not going to be a happy person. Yeah. And I worked in OBGYN. So a lot of those patients I was seeing all the time, and I warned them for months, I'm like, look, I'm sorry, you're going to come in here and it has nothing to do with you. And I'm not trying to be nasty because I know that I'm at work, but I just know I'm going to be miserable. And I'll never forget. I walked in there. My, my surgeon, thankfully let me celebrate 4th of July. So he let me start the following day. So I did my liquid diet a little less than the usual two weeks. I think I did it in like 10 days instead. So my quote unquote food funeral was delicious 4th of July food. (laughs) Yeah. And I walked in there Monday morning. I didn't even see anyone yet. And one of the coworkers walked in and she looked at me and she was just like, you started your liquid diet today, didn't you? And I just looked at her and I'm like, how do you know? She's like, I can just see it in your eyes. (laughs) And I was like, this is not going to work out well. (laughs) But fortunately, like, you know, I warned people like two, three months in advance. This is what's happening. Sorry. But, um, You know, a lot of my patients, they were pretty good. Those were probably the only ones, like, if I did mention it to somebody, like, usually the ones that I didn't see that often, um, you they would, you know, make the comment of, oh, you don't need it, or, you know, just keep trying. And I'm just like, but you don't understand. 
Yeah. That it's not that simple, especially someone in my shoes who had the insulin resistance, which is a lot of people who are overweight issue. You know, there's a lot of people with PCOS, their insulin resistance most of the time. I mean, I didn't have any of those things. I ended up with it. Um, you know, when you're diabetic, you're more likely to become insulin resistant and so on and so forth. And I'm like, it's not that simple. And then I would have to break down to them. Like I have spoken to more than one doctor who said that if I starved myself for a week to think that I'm going to lose weight, I'll actually end up more because that's just how insulin resistance work. It almost makes it impossible to lose weight by yourself. Yeah. How it changes with surgery, I do not understand, but I'm very fortunate that it did. Because at the end of the day, even with, you know, that small amount of regain, like I'm still, you know, 85 to 90 pounds down. And I will take that over being over 250 pounds any day. Yeah, right. Well, we have really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. And good luck on getting the rest of that weight off and on your 75 easy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and have a good rest of your day. Thank you. You too. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Thank you.